like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello. So this evening we're going to be talking about Pet Cemetery, not the remake, the nineteen eighty nine original by Stephen King. Well, but why we're doing the remake? We're not doing the remake. <laughs> it's uh, it's not directed by Stephen King, but it is written by Stephen King, based on the original novel by Stephen King, written in Zephyr. Can you tell me? Eighty three, nineteen eighty three. Very good. The... Very good. Written in 1983. We did touch lightly, well, I can't really remember, was it lightly or moderately on Stephen King's works last week? It's probably about a 10 minute conversation. Mm, I would say that's pretty deep then. Um, yeah, I kind of, I was a bit hesitant to record this episode because it's like, we spent quite a lot of time talking about Stephen King, so it's kind of like, mm, what is there to talk about? But... This adaptation of Pet Cemetery is quite... We have some things to talk about, I think. What do you think, Zayford? I don't know, do we? <laughs> you said that you didn't, know, you didn't have anything to say. I, I, you know, I'm one of those people that... For about 95% of movies, I have something that I can add or of interest. And funnily enough... I actually really struggled to form anything to say about this film, um, which is quite depressing, I suppose. Maybe I'm losing my mojo or something, I don't know. But uh, at least it's Pet Cemetery. it's a good movie. <laughs> so, yeah, Pet Cemetery. I like it. Pet Cemetery. Uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's a tricky one for me um so i kind of have like a very irrational fear of loud traffic and loud uh noises in particularly uh you know even just talking about it right now is making me really anxious just imagining that road right at the beginning of the movie like it Thank just you. it freaks me out the clattering the lorries and all of that very scary it's a pretty ridiculous road for someone to live on but like, people live on them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I live. Like, as soon as you got there, you'd have like started putting up a fence. I to live stop in. Your child I live from running onto the road. So I live in a place, um, Ellsbury, and we like basically live right off of a motorway. And you would be surprised how many, like, how many houses are like right next to roads, like really, really busy no roads. Some of them literally open up like right near these motorways and it is it's scary to imagine that people do live there but people do so it's not but you know considering we're all packed in like sardines here in Ellsbury, <laughs> uh buildings yeah, on top of buildings they got a lot of space um so i'm not quite sure why they didn't accommodate for some sort of fence or battering ram or something perhaps i don't know what do you think their reasoning is for keeping that awful road on display I don't know, laziness? Do you feel like they kind of wanted the pets to die? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sick of this dog, just let it run into the road. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a possibility, but one of the first things you'd have done is either the the place where they live would have put a fucking sign up saying slow down. You know, people, pedestrians nearby. That's the sort of stuff we have over here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same in America. If they have like a signs like that, lollipop they ladies. Signs, they got but... any of those? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they do lollipop lady. So, Zabird, would you ever use Pet Cemetery? I don't have any pets. You know, you never had a pet that you wanted to bring back to life. Not particular. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe as a kid, like as like a, a young kid, but I can't remember. Okay, let me pose this question to you. Why did you make me watch this film? What is it about this film that you enjoy? Well, I actually hadn't seen it. Oh, okay. So it was a wild card for you. 
Yeah, I, I put it up to a poll and it won one of them. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. Oh, okay. So people are expecting us to talk about this and I'm letting them down. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, uh, well, Pet Cemetery. So, uh, one of the more... Pull the facts out of your butt. I will pull something out of my arse. I'm completely capable of talking shit. If that's one thing I'm good at. So I had a budget of eleven and a half million box office, eighty nine point five million. So it did very well. For for the late eighties, yeah. It was originally written in eighty three. Obviously, it was nominated for World Fantasy Award for best novel. Where was that from, Zayford? That was from Wikipedia. <laughs> right, but what what was that? The Writers Guild. What was that? It didn't say. That's all it said. The World Fantasy Award. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing anymore. You know, I I actually had to take fantasy as a unit in my creative writing modules at university. And um, I wouldn't say... Mm, I, I suppose there is a layer of necromancy to this. Right? Like, bringing things back from the dead. Well, there's, like... Yeah. So, I, get, I guess... Because, um, like... Mythical stuff in the novel e- as well. You know, I really grapple with fantasy a lot because um, I actually get... And controversial, but this is absolutely true. I actually really get um, science fiction and fantasy confused all the time. Um, it can be a little bit difficult to differentiate between the two, even with a eloquent and humongous vocabulary like myself i actually find myself finding it very difficult to tell them apart i think generally and i'm probably going to mess this up but generally fantasy is something that cannot be possible whereas science fiction is something that could be possible so both of them extremes but there's a chance that it could happen and obviously if you're into spiritualism all that kind of stuff you probably would think that resurrection would fall into more science fiction but it's it's hard isn't it it's hard because like take the fly for example so that is considered a science fiction right but like how realistic is it that someone's going to make themselves into a fly I mean, it could definitely happen in a couple of years. But why? I mean, well, no, but not why, but like, would it? Could you actually genetically mutate yourself with a fly? I don't know. Maybe not necessarily with a fly, but I'm pretty sure if you try it hard enough, something's going to happen eventually. Well, they've they've been doing um, breeding things, haven't they, with sheep and things like that? Yeah, they've been doing like cloning. So there is DNA, but emerging with a fly, I don't know. Do you see what I mean? It becomes very like, I kind of see fantasy as very clear cut, like Lord of the Rings, uh, medieval sort of stuff. And then I see science fiction as like very futuristic. So Mm -hmm. when I'm posed with the idea that something that's written in normal times, like, you know, not present day obviously anymore, but it was, I can't really picture that as fantasy does that make sense like it doesn't it doesn't really seem to fit in that era i kind of really struggle with that but okay it was it was nominated did it win no it was only nominated oh well because it's not actually a fantasy (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i don't know What, what do you feel about fantasy science fiction do you tend to lean towards these movies or are they more of a a niche uh, I'm. I like all films. Well, I like science fiction. I like uh, a bit of fantasy. But I don't go too deep into fantasy. I think a lot of people would messy. find it, it quite messy. amusing that you're not too into science fiction, being your name. No, I'm into science fiction. I meant. I said uh, fantasy. Sorry, I'm trying to listen to you, but my dog's being an attention seeker. If you can hear oh that horrendous God. dog in the background, I actually, I actually can't hear him. Good. That's good because. That's good. Well, he's basically just do it. Trowers do this thing where they like backwards sneeze when they're not getting attention. It's a thing. No, I'm not as like I like Lord of the Rings, I like The Hobbit, but other than that, there's not much fantasy. 
that I'm into. There probably is something that's really obvious that I'm into. But I can't think of it. I'm sure someone will point it out on Instagram at some point. Didn't you say to me you like Dungeons and Dragons? I dabble. <laughs> well, that's pretty fancy but, right there. But, but like, I like the idea of it more than... Like, I haven't... I've played it, like, once, and I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of it more. Okay. Do you not like fantasy? No, I don't. I don't like Lord of the oh, Rings. Okay. I don't like... I don't like uh, medieval stuff. I don't like uh, magic. Um right. I'm not. I'm just not into any of that stuff. It kind of. It's just not for me personally. Like I really don't care about Harry Potter. Oh my god, I don't like Harry Potter at all. And like, I I really don't understand people who have like in their like their bios that are like Team Hufflepuff or whatever. I'm like, well, what does that mean about you? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm not. I, no, I'm not into it. One of my sisters, who I'm not actually in contact with, but I know that she's really into Harry Potter, and I I I I I never asked her why. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some people, I mean, a lot of people really love Harry Potter. No idea why. But like, um, I've seen them all, and I made the missus watch them all because she had never seen them. Uh, but there's, like, people I know that are, like, obsessed with it that have bought the wands and everything, and I'm just like, I'm just not that into it. <laughs> I think when you have a sense, like, when there's a certain part of you that's quite nihilistic like you don't really believe in shit you don't really believe in magic or anything like that do you know what i mean yeah like what's the point (laughs) it's exactly what you said isn't it it's just like what's the point um apologies to anyone who does like harry potter and is also yeah we're not meaning any offense and is also shocked that we're british and we don't like harry potter but believe it or not there are um there is that we're not like the only people who don't like harry potter there's like uh, quite a few people who are not like hugely on the bandwagon me yeah i know plenty of people that love it so they make up for us not liking it and do you know what's really interesting? So I did creative writing at university and we were actually asked, like, who... We, like, we were all asked in the room, like, who here likes Harry Potter? And, like, nobody said anything. So, like, you... I don't... I really don't mean to see, say this in, like, a totally contrived, bitchy way, but it's not that good. It's, <laughs> it's not that good. Um... It's like, it's a very generic, young, adult um, formula that they work with, with Harry Potter. And it's not anything original. It's not anything new. Um, J.K. Rowling uh, does some really interesting things with her character framing. Um, She's in in that she's always changing the fucking frames. Um, And And she's always saying really controversial shit. Oh, yeah, about being team turf and all this very, very that trans people are not real people, whatever she said about them. Yeah, and I recently learned about that she's like pro us having conversion therapy brought into our country as well. Um, she's a weird human. Yeah, and she actually she actually said that like well, um, <laughs> so she she said that Gandalf well he could be gay or he is gay. Um, right, and like, stop. they're like, stop, but stop, why? Stop! 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 stop. You're going to offend a lot of people. Why? Because you mean Dumbledore. Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf is from Lord of the Rings. Wow. And before we get a million complaints. Wow. I am so not... Do you know what? I don't know anything about fantasy, okay? I'm not going to pretend that I... Both I'm not going to... men with white beards and white hair. I'm not going to pretend that I do. I'm not, not, I'm not invested... Gandalf in these films and i'm really sorry if i offended anyone i i have brain damage i'm gonna pull that card i have brain damage and sometimes i just you know sometimes i refer to zaphod as i don't know zaphod what have i called you before do you know what you have a pretty ju- you have a pretty unique name so i don't think i've ever called you anything but i call people the wrong thing all the time but i take full responsibility for my actions in that all wizards are the same anyway so <laughs> what? Dumbledore. Yeah, she was saying that Dumbledore was gay. Right, so she said that, that this dude, Dumbledore, Gandalf, Gandalf the lecturer, who's actually Dumbledore the 
principle. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so, yeah. he. She just basically turned around one day and said that he was gay. Obviously, that's really strange. Like, why would you do that? We don't... What? What's, what is... And then she continued to say that somebody had a different colour hair because she never said that they didn't. And then there was just furthering of, like... I think she said that some character was black as well. And I remember, like, obviously, I'm not too... Uh, I've had enough. <laughs> oh, Kitty's microphone's gone. This is always fun. <laughs> I legit hate my microphone. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in. I'm not going to Yeah, no, keep it in. Keep it in. Everyone deserves to see a train wreck every now and again. It makes <laughs> them feel better about themselves. Did you see me uh, having a drink last night, Seyford? Yes, I did. Yeah, like 800 people saw Not that post. <laughs> Not to date our episode. <laughs> 800 people saw that, so, um... Mm, uh, everyone, everyone likes it when everyone's a bit... When someone's a bit trashy. Anyway, what was I saying? I don't think it was that trashy, it was just a drink. Well, might have been one, oh, two, three, four, floor. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, so... She she basically just says all these kinds of things and it's it's really odd that she has this um, attitude that she needs to adapt her pieces of work to keep up with current trends. I mean, it's understandable to a degree, but kind of like obviously what she says and how, how she reframes her work kind of don't add up. Like, you know, she's mm. she's not a very nice person from what I understand. But she's trying to be very ubiquitous with her writing, you know. Like she's she's really trying to to make out that she's allowed to have the make the comments that she makes because it's in her literature and she should be allowed to do that. So she sucks, and from what I understand, Stephen King isn't like that. <laughs> um, no, but there's some weird stuff Stephen King writes. He does, and I think. You know, we touched on the uh, yeah, controversial we, we it writing. Yeah, um, we did. We did mention a bit about that, but um, Stephen King kind of has no shame. I mean, he freely admits the, that he. I was gonna say the main thing he has an issue with is a uh, religion. And what are his thoughts on religion? He he like he. I think he believes in God and that, but he don't believe in. Um. I think, like, what the people bring to it sort of thing. And how they misuse it. Fair. Because most of the time, in most of his books, he's heavily against religion. Why do you think that he says those things? I'm sure he said it in an interview at some point. No, I mean in his uh, in his books. Oh, don't. Asked me to do that. I didn't do the research for that. Well, I'm just, well, I just, I'm just wondering, like, because I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what anti-religious stuff he says in his books. That's all. It's, I think it's very like hidden, but if you look in there, it's, it's there. But I could be wrong. When you say hidden, you mean it's more in the characters than the main story. Probably, yeah. Would you say that? Well, he, he tends to write it a lot, but then again, he also writes himself into the books a lot. Like, he always writes a, a novelist or a writer in there. Mm. Which is basically him. I think I think I kind of understand what you're talking about, because obviously Dolores in uh, Misery, she is a very religious woman. Uh, Carrie, of course, um, very ridiculously religious woman, um, Carrie's mother. So yeah, those are two things that come straight off my head. That she, he does, he does hate yeah, the fanatics. Like the, the religious people are a bit more out there, for the most part. So mm, controversial to have this reference because the Guardian can be very hit and miss. But there is a uh, interview here where he does say that religion. So Stephen King. Religion is a dangerous tool, but I choose to believe God exists. Stephen King, whose forthcoming novel Revival features a Methodist minister who condemns his faith after horrific accident, has described organised religion as a very dangerous tool that's been used by a lot of people. So you're not wrong, 
in having that opinion. That's definitely how he feels. Yeah. Um, see, I knew I was sort of right. <laughs> yeah, no, but you were you right. It's, you know, obviously. I just, it, I just thought that was interesting because, honestly, I would have thought that he was an atheist. So, you know, I think that was... He, he's from, like, Maine, America. So it's like, I think it's fairly religious down that end. Mm, middle America. Yeah. So I think, like, almost everyone believes in something mm. not my choice personally but and what would you say your religious beliefs are um i'm atheist until proven otherwise so i'm open to the idea i guess that would mean you're agnostic then wouldn't it i don't know is that the word I, is that the term for it <laughs> it, de- it generally means that you'll believe something if you have proof that it, it exists yeah well, I guess that's what it is. Though. Atheism is more of a resignation that nothing can be un- 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 nothing can be uh, nothing's after this, basically. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm open to it then. Hmm. I think a lot of people are agnostic. It's just easier, isn't it? It's like, look, there's no proof of it. I think a lot of people push it a bit too much, but In tw- to say there's no real proof. In 2019, Christians represent 65% of the total adult population in the United States. So that's that's interesting. You know, over half of the people, more, well, more, well, over more than half of people believe in God in America. So yeah, I suppose it's not surprising. I wonder how many people believe in God in the UK. I don't think it's more than half. I reckon it's definitely less. Hmm. Are you actually Googling? I am. <laughs> I want to know. These are important questions. I don't blame you. I reckon... I'm going to put a guess. I'm going to say... 37%. Higher. 45. Higher. Jesus. 49. Higher. Are you serious? There's more than 50%... Of this country believe in God still. Three in five Britons, so 60%, say they believe in God, according to a new survey from the Maury Social Research Institute. The research conducted for the BBC's Heaven and Earth show. To be honest, how much do we feel about the BBC these days, though? Shows a small... I love you, Louis. I love you, Louis. Louis through. I love you. And if you ever listen to me, you're one of the reasons why I want to be an investigative journalist, and I love you, but fuck the BBC. Fuck them. Yeah, BBC is not trustworthy. (sighs) Zafer, did you see that? Did you see the Jimmy Savile thing? Did you see the... On Netflix? No, I've not watched it yet. Okay, first of all... So, Jimmy Savile... He is, like, someone that I really didn't know that much about, right? And I, uh, like, I only really found out, like, what he did. Like, I only found out who he was when it came out, like, everything that happened, right? So after he died. So he really wasn't an entity in my world. Um, Mm. So this wasn't something that was um, really disturbing for me for a long time there's just been this disconnect because i didn't really grow up with him you know wrong era yeah um yeah, i was gonna say same with me yeah you know um when we I, I mean i'm sure you can relate to this even to maybe a degree but i think i found out finding out that rolf harris was a pedophile was more disturbing to me because yeah it was a little bit like uh, yeah I, I, I used to watch him he used to do this show like every like weekday evening didn't eat animal hospital um, mm. And he was just generally like a really nice guy. Same with um, David Barrymore. Um, obviously, he he wasn't a pedophile, but he was he he got out of a murder charge. But it was pretty. I don't know. There's been some pretty ev- damning evidence to suggest that he was a lot more complicit in that murder than what he got off on. Um, and he's still paying. Yeah. I mean, his his reputation has been irreparably ruined. And I think that um, we did hugely look up to people on tv in the 90s there was like this culture that um millennials uh you know like the elder millennials would understand it but the mm, i would say gen x and the uh, the uh, the the generation that came after us what are they called um 
I'm not 100% sure. Well, the generation that came after us, so they didn't, they really didn't grow up on television. They grew up on their phones. So we're kind of like the last ones that really got to see like daytime TV, nighttime TV and actually engage in it. I think there is a, there is a statistic that suggests that like 70% of people in the UK don't actually have basic cable anymore. So it's quite a dying thing. Like a lot of people are use streaming things here. So we weren't constantly getting stuff pushed into it like that. We were, but like how it is now, it's not like that. There seems to be a bit more freedom of choice. So it would seem, although we are paying, you know, for five or six different streaming channels, which essentially come to about the same as it would have cable but we have the freedom of choice of being able to turn it off rather than having this constant stream and um the jimmy savile documentary so it's a docuseries it's two episodes and yeah it's just it's so interesting um how it took this guy jimmy savile who i who i really didn't think that much of and he turned it throughout the series so it's about a three hour long thing an hour and a half each half and the first half is so disturbing and it isn't disturbing in the sense that we hear him we hear what he does um or the crimes that he perpetrated it sets this scene that really allows you to understand how this person got away with it for so long we lived in an era between the 60s and the 90s where as i said we idolized people on television we held them up on a pedestal we lived in this fake sort of very neon-esque kind of reality where everything was perfect and everything was fine and we would all sit in front of the tv and you know every everyone had their tv set on everyone and it really underlined in a very eerie very blunt way that we allowed this to happen you know, our culture, the way that we ate up television, like it was, uh, you know, it was a part of our diet. It allowed us to, to really allow people like Jimmy Savile to exist. And we are part of the problem, you know, we, we are part of a problem as society that we allow these people access to our children. I mean, even in more recent times with uh, YouTube kids, finding out about all these horrendous videos that are finding their way onto children's apps and um yeah yeah it's just it's really some like the like elsa ones and Spider yeah the spider-man the elsa like ro and some of its sex role play and that some of it's yeah, weird some of it's very like uh gray area of what's actually going on and it's it's just so bad for your children to to watch um but yeah i, I definitely recommend the new jimmy savile documentary it's something that i wasn't expecting to re you know i'd been holding off watching it for a couple weeks because I, it doesn't interest me to be frank. I don't. I didn't. I don't want to sit there and listen to some about some sick man. I think he's been given enough airplay. Um, but it really wasn't about. It, but he was so obvious about it all as well. That makes it worse. I don't think he was obvious about it. It's just <laughs> there are some jokes that get made on TV while he's there. It's not so much that he was obvious about it. It was that he didn't give a fuck you know, and that everybody around us with our fucking, you know, 90s, 70s, 60s, 80s sunglasses on, were, we were looking through it through that lens. So we're yeah. giggling along with it, you know. So I, he never said outright, you know, I raped this and I did this. It, it was always just these very grey area connotations that implied something very nasty. Um, I think one of the more upsetting things for me uh, before... I even watched this. I actually watched a documentary that Louis Theroux did called Savile. Um, he actually met Louis. He Louis actually met Johnny. Uh, John, bleh, Jimmy. Johnny. Bleh, am I okay? He actually met yeah. Jimmy um, when he was doing his Weird Weekends set, and uh, he did an episode on him. And he actually had like a weird friendship, much like a lot of celebrities had weird friendships with Jimmy Savile. That's the only way they could describe it. Very strange relationship and there is also a lot of people that say they were very close but they never really knew him and you know it's all very it's, it's all very psychopath kind of behavior um he actually does a retelling of of him his whole you know friendship with jimmy savile over the years and and he's he feels really caught out by his behavior um you know some of it that was so bizarre and he, you know he he sort of 
emits very much of what I'm saying of how we really do get swept up in celebrity and we don't want to believe it's not it's not even so much that we don't want to believe we don't see it because we're stuck in a lens of how things look how we've been told that something looks we ignore it and when you when you shift out of that lens and you start to look at things for what they really are it can actually go to the other extreme as well and you can think you know that uh, you know celebrities are having blood sacrifices everyone's a lizard whatever <laughs> but all true but <laughs> but what what i'm saying is that there's a lot of shit that goes on that's not cool and uh jimmy savile was was one of the sh- the, the shits that went on that wasn't cool and um, I think that there was quite a lot of people that found his behavior questionable and, you know, even even people going this far to say, you know, he likes young girls, you know, like they were bringing up. There was dozens of people saying these things. It was onlookers saying that he was going off in cars with 14-year-olds. He was, like, randomly picking people up from correction facilities. I think one of the most chilling things when you really, really think about it, and it, it literally does send a chill down my spine, is, like, knowing that he picked to volunteer at a spinal unit where people can't walk um you know some of them can't talk uh, these are very ill people and he volunteered to do that and that does make you think you know um yeah but yeah it's it's a good doco um in that it and i would i would put it forward as something as a horror because the atmosphere that they create of of, of this guilt that we have about society and to always look at things for how they really are and not how we're supposed to how we're told to see them i think it conveys that very well and i actually went to bed that evening after watching it feeling very spooked and i'm not normally like that i can watch things quite happily obviously except args <laughs> in the middle of the night and not it doesn't affect me but that documentary it frightened me it frightened me and they used a lot of visceral horror so they relied quite a lot on you know the music was very atmospheric the light the way that they'd edited things and it was just it was a very it was very well done it was very well produced um netflix is so shit for their content but the reason i stay is because of their crime documentaries so it's it's worth the fee because of that and they had pet cemetery as well so I suppose. Yeah, sometimes they have decent films. It, it that is once in a blue moon, isn't it? Like it's like every yeah. year they have like a overhaul of their horror movies, and it's like it's kind of like Christmas because it's like there's like ten great horror movies, and then that's it for the year. <laughs> yeah, you've got to you've got to pick and choose them. I find with now TV that I do get something that I want to watch, like a new thing every month. Oh, now TV is usually really crap, though. Do you think so? Although the yeah, the only thing that I've wanted to watch recently is that uh, Freaky and Antlers. Antlers was okay. Oh, okay. I ain't got round to watching Freaky yet. Yeah, I but, yeah. I think the selection of um, horror on Disney Plus is actually quite fantastic as well. Yeah, I want to watch... There's a couple of things I want to watch on uh, Disney. Yeah. On Disney. Like uh, that Fresh. Yeah, Fresh. I've I seen that. Yeah, you uh, you suggested that to me. That's on my watch list too. But uh, yeah, Netflix, they're hiking up their uh, fees in this country. They're actually... What they're, so in South America, they're actually doing this thing where, um, like, they're, they're piloting this thing where they can, they've got technology that can prevent you from sharing your Netflix with people that don't live in your house. Yeah, and they I've said it's been that. really successful and they're going to roll it out this country too. So not only are they well, going to... my dad is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know a few people in my life that are going to be fucked too. Yeah, I was gonna say my dad uses it. I have a so my my closest friend. He lives in America, and he mooches off my like not all the time, like very occasionally, and most of the time it's like when I'm asleep. So who cares? But because he's in he's in America, so he's like six hours behind me. Um, mm. But yeah, he's he's not gonna be able to watch it anymore. I think they said that you can you can allow other people to do it, but it's like for a fee. Um, yeah, so you have to pay stupid. extra and it's just like do you know what like we're paying so much for it already um and i actually i actually read in i think it was the i think it was the times that uh that they were talking about how this like this year so far has been like the most subscribers they've lost ever in their time of existing 
Um, yeah, because people are going back outside. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and I think it has something to do with the content too. I think that it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't have to keep raking up the prices. Exactly. And they've cancelled a lot of shows as well because they're not doing well, yeah. which I'm sure... I'm sure everybody's got a Netflix show that they wish had one more season, right? I'm trying to think. I'm um, trying to think what mine is. I know there's something that bothers I me. Know. I know Big Mouth's still going. That's all Big right. Mouth is still going. F is for Family. I would have wanted that to go on for longer, for sure. Budget Horseman finished. Yeah. Decently. Yeah. I don't know. I felt that was a little bit anticlimactic, didn't you? Yeah. I kind of skipped most of it last season. It was a bit there. Yeah. Are you joking me? That that was a fucking punch in the face. That whole the whole last half of that season really fucking got to me. What about the I'm part when he? What about the what about the part when he's overdosing and like everything is like this fucking nightmare? Which episode's that? Because don't you do that in like every season? No, he's literally dying in this one, like proper dying. Oh, I must have I must have not watched that one. Jesus sake! Will you? Do you know what? Before you cancel your subscription. Go watch it again. <laughs> it's to be fair, I need to rewatch it from the beginning. It is. It, I, I think I went to last season after not watching it for a while. Do you know what I found about BoJack is that I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I could binge. Oh no, it's way too depressing to binge it. I don't feel like it's that. That's the reason. I feel like it's too fast paced. I feel like the conversation and the like the script writing is way too much to like, you know to watch it over over in one in yeah. one evening. I can't do it. I can watch like two, three episodes comfortably and then after that I'm like, no, I'm good now. Thanks. I think when the first season came out I I pretty much watched all of it. Like within the day. And how did it make you feel? Were you a bit like fuzzy afterwards? I was like, I do not want to go outside anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time I binge watched it. Yeah. And then after that you like, sort of broke it's, up. It's like trying to it's like trying to binge watch Afterlife. That shit's heavy. Yeah. That shit's heavy. That that was something that I really, really hoped there would be a next another season to that. Yeah. So yeah, is I, was say, th- I think you was only doing three, wasn't it? Yeah. So is that it then? Are we done? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. done for that. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So Afterlife is such. If I mean. I'm sure that people who are listening, they know what F is for Family is and Bojack, a, a kind of like adult animation, uh, one the, the better adult animations on Netflix because, geez, they've got some doozies on there. Um, yeah, there are some right shit ones. There is, and I, I did tell you I was going to give Big Mouth a try. Um, Do you not like it? I still haven't done it. It's there, but I, oh. it's, I've got to be in the right mood for it, you know? I, yeah, it, you've got it's It's gross. A little bit because obviously they're talking about kids, but it's animated. Well, it's like a coming of age thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. It's I, not so much kids. It's like puberty patterns, and yeah. shit. I don't know. Yeah, they're like thirteen. I think I really okay. loved F is for Family because I can really relate to Frank. Like, just. Why are you balding? <laughs> yeah, this is a wig, you know. No, I literally just hate my life. <laughs> oh. Don't we all? <laughs> It's just it just really catches um, you know suburban life in the seventies perfectly. Even though I never lived in it and I'm not middle aged, I can like totally relate to that whole like oh things are not great, but we're gonna try anyway kind of attitude. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, what was it? Afterlife, yeah. So Afterlife is uh, Ricky Gervais. It's uh, he's actually written, directed, and produced. I believe he had he direct had half of it was directed by somebody else. I the name escapes me right now, but he actually directed, wrote, and produced this, and it's actually really really good um, for somebody who primary focus is a comedian and not as an actor. And I I'm sorry, I didn't find the original Office very funny. Um, yeah, neither. Did yeah, fair, do, thank God, thank God, one. I didn't want to have to defend my the corner on that. America, <laughs> the one thing America is better at is the Office. Do you think so? For the office, yeah. Yeah, I did. I just ask because, like, I don't. I haven't really seen the American Office, but I've seen. I've seen a lot of memes of it, and I think like it has kind of watched, a pretty good following, doesn't it? I, I watched like the first five seasons, but then I stopped for a while because started watching other stuff. Yeah, Steve Carell is. He's he's a funny guy. I do like him. 
So, yeah, but Ricky Gervais, obviously, is very deadpan humour. He's, he's got fantastic stand-ups. Um, I would recommend watching his stand-ups because not only are they absolutely hilarious, they're quite informative as well, uh, particularly his Animals one. I remember I learned quite a lot of information about animals throughout that, uh, particularly about our daddy long legs having the most poisonous venom, venom known to man. Um, and <laughs> But enough teeth or whatever. Is the that's the rumor and and learning about copulation and how that can actually happen in animals as well, like with homosexuality. So that you know, homosexuality actually happens among animals, not just humans. We're not the only people. We're not the only species that ha- that has sex with the same well, yeah, gender. Gay dogs. Maybe my dog should get on that. Zayford, how do you know about that? <laughs> Because there are plenty. I've seen a couple of gay dogs. <laughs> well, I think it, I think it more means that, like you know, we kind of say it's like an abomination, but like it's totally not. It's happening all the time. Mm. When I say we, I mean like really stupid people who, for some reason, hate gay people. Um, but yeah, he's 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 super funny, and um, I think his latest stand-up is I want to say humanity. Um, and that that's a fantastic one. He, I, I think one of the funnier parts is when he's talking about how, how his uh, ball sack has just extended so long because of how old he is that it kind of just floats in the bath. Yeah, but yeah, Afterlife is more of a melancholic, <laughs> heavier. His stand-ups are pretty heavy, um, but this is is heavier in a different way. It's very poignant. It's about him losing his wife to cancer and she's left him all these videos and they're that kind of they're that kind of couple where they filmed everything and took lots of pictures and he's kind of living living through her um you know watching these videos and listening to things that she says and it's it's sort of helping him get through day to day he's literally lost the will to live and gradually through the season we start to learn about other characters who are going through their own stages of grief or loss or loneliness um I think one of the more upsetting thing one I think the only fundamental thing I didn't agree with in Afterlife was um you know the guy who has a drug problem who's like supposed to be giving out the weekly newspapers the postman no not him not Pat the dude that's um, actually like a junkie in the first season that commits he kills himself remember he sees him dead oh my god uh i'm trying to think it's okay if I you don't know his so, name yeah. but you know what i'm I, talking about right vaguely it's been a while since i watched the first season so i kind of really took issue with the fact that his character gave him drugs and then he died like i thought that that was quite like i didn't agree with that i didn't like how that character just kind of disappeared and like it didn't really fucking matter um mm. that kind of really bothered me that's the only kind of thing that i don't agree with in that whole oh yeah now i remember yeah because yeah. they were doing drugs together and uh in his house yeah and then and like then he gave him money for drugs and then he died didn't he and then that was kind of it yeah Yeah. um because he was talking about how he wanted to die to be to be with his ex-partner didn't he so he gave him drugs and then he basically took an overdose and killed himself um i know yeah i just didn't agree with that i thought that wasn't kind of like in vain with what the whole thing was about and I think that yeah, if his wife bit. knew that he did that, I don't think she'd be very happy with him. Yeah, because it's essentially had a hand in his death. Yeah, and it wasn't talked about, and it wasn't bothered about, and I kind of, that kind of, I didn't like that. It kind of, they just moved yeah. on, and I thought that was really shitty, actually. Because obviously he really loves Jane a lot, and I, I just don't think that she would have stood for that. I think she would have, I mean, they call each other a cunt a lot in it, don't they? I think she would have called yeah, him a right cunt. I think that's, I think that's just an English thing, though, as well as Australian. I don't know. I don't actually like that word. I found myself using it a lot lately because my life's in a fucking shambles. But yeah, but that's just about one particular person, though, isn't it? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that word. I really don't. But yeah, it's it's thrown around a lot. But um, mm. in America, they don't like that word. You know. That's quite a quite a nasty, nasty. Yeah, they don't they don't like using it. No, not many people anyway. I do like I do like their different connotations to things. So like fanny. I like that when they say twat. So a fanny means a butt, right? And here it means a vagina. 
Yeah. But I like, I like when they say twat because they say twat. Twat. And it's just so fucking silly. And how they say water like, bottle, oh, a, they go water bottle. <laughs> we're not we're not taking the piss, just to clear up. Oh, no, I just... have a... So my friend lives in Minnesota and he regularly tells me, like, how funny I am for saying certain things. He thinks we're funny because we say water, water, water bottle. bottle. Water bottle. How do you say it, Zayford? Are you like me? Water. 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 Say bottle. Water. Bottle. Bottle. <laughs> we both say that at least. Bottle. That's, the, that's like the Yorkshire's coming out of me. Bottle. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, vitamin? Do you say vitamin? Vitamin. They say vitamin. Oh, aluminum. Aluminium. I say aluminium. How do you say it? Uh, aluminium. Aluminium. Like what do they, they, what, the how do they say it? They call it aluminum. Aluminum. That's kind of nice. Makes it sound nicer than what it is. Wow, Zayfid, yeah. we've been talking for like forty-five minutes, and we haven't even talked about this movie. Um, so obviously, you came on to listen to Pet Cemetery, right? And we've literally not done that at all. So, if you're still here, we're probably going to cover it now. Yes, yes. Please don't turn off. We we want you to listen to us. Please listen to me. I'm so lonely. <laughs> so, Zayfid, favorite parts of the movie? Please go ahead. I'm listening. I'm all yours. Um, it's got to be when when Judd gets it. Mm-hmm. When uh, Gage takes out the old six foot five man. Like he got taken out by a two foot child, probably not even two foot. Is it the case? Is it the case that twins played Ellen Creed? Is that right? Apparently so. Yes. Hmm. Which makes sense. Because she was a little shithead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Micah Hughes played Gage and he was in Kindergarten Cop. I wondered why he seemed so familiar. He was also in A New Nightmare. Mm. He's two and a half um, in this movie. Also, wow. Yeah, this is like his first role. He was also in Full House. Oh, okay. Because he was friends. He was one of the kids... In the class with Michelle, if you ever watched the show. Bruce Campbell was the first choice to play Louis. What do you think about yeah. that? Uh, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> what, that he wasn't in it? <laughs> Why is Bruce Campbell not in this? This film would be infinitely better. We would be talking about it this whole time if he was in it, right? <laughs> give me more Bruce Campbell. Someone give him season four of Ash vs. Evil Dead because I am pissed about that being cancelled. There you go. You found your, your you found your forgotten series that isn't coming back. But it's not it's not a Netflix original. It's just fucking annoying. What was that one from? Uh, it was CBS or ABC. One of the two. Maniac. That's the one. So I had one season. Fuck. Fucking. Fucking bastard. <laughs> Microphone's gone again. <laughs> Stupid thing. Hello. Sorry. So yes, maniac. Yeah, mania. <laughs> mania. <laughs> Are you going to keep that in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tick and I like dropped my wire and it just... <laughs> anyway. So. Yeah, go maniac. Maniac. Maniac actually has a... Um, so we're coming off the subject of... Um, Pet Cemetery again, but deviating from it. But I, as I said earlier, I had a. Everyone has like a thing that was cancelled on Netflix that they really wish wasn't. Mine is Maniac, and it actually has an actor that I can't stand called um, Jonah Hill. And yeah, it's oh my god! If you ever want to watch, is it the one? Is it got Emma Stone? Yes, it has. Do Do you yeah, know I it? it? I know what you mean, but I didn't watch it. You should watch it. It's now that is a really good series um it plays a lot on like dreams and uh you know like i can't really explain it it's like it's an experiment um and it's very like it's very science fictiony um and, that, and it's it's sad and it's just it's just one of those things it's like you can't explain it it's kind of like have you ever seen the oa 
No. No. Okay, well that's another thing that should have had more seasons. Obviously, it's only had two seasons and it's not going they're not doing any more, which it would be amazing if they did do more because it let the you know the second season left more questions than it did answer. But it's just it's one of Seems those really the case though, isn't it? It's just it's just one of those fantasy things like like yeah, because the OA kind of leans more to fantasy than it does science fiction, and is probably one of the only things that I like that's fantasy related. After saying how much I hate fantasy, <laughs> I really do go back on myself sometimes, don't I? Um, but yeah, I yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's like it's really like it's heavy and it plays on you. You know, it's something you can't forget. Although, me retelling what ones I cancelled and I couldn't what ones I wanted not cancelled and I couldn't recall it I obviously did forget them but that's different because there's something wrong with me but yeah if you ever want to watch anything that's like like anything that's worth watching that totally got cancelled when it shouldn't have watch the OA or watch Maniac they're really so, good going back to Pet Cemetery. that hmm? what? what did you think of Zelda from Pet Cemetery? not a lot <laughs> do you not think she was creepier? kinda See, I don't think she's that creepy, even though... So they got the uh, the character to be played by a man to make it creepier. But I don't think it makes a difference. Kind of just reminded me of... Um, I want to say Greta from Dodgeball. <laughs> That's a weird reference to Paul. <laughs> fucking dodgeball you know do you know the woman that's like a man but not a woman but a man very vaguely well she's like i don't think i've seen dodgeball in like 15 years why not (laughs) because it's not streaming anyway so i've just not watched it that's odd is it not not that i know of i mean to fair i've probably not looked for it at the same time You should go look for it. I will afterwards. <laughs> I really, um, I really want to know well, who that character is called now. I think I, I want to say her name is Greta. Is it wrong with the unibrow? Yeah. No, not a clue then. <laughs> so, did you know that George A. Romero almost directed the film as well? Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I know, because you read my notes. <laughs> what do you feel about that? I don't know. It could have been, been a better film, but it could also have been weirder. But I don't think it would have been... Um, I don't think it would have been bad, at least. Also, I've Googled Dodgeball, and I'm pretty sure... Her name is Fran, and her last name yeah. is Stal. Okay, tell me if I get this right, David. Fran Stalinovskovich Davidistvishki. Close enough. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds like a Eurovision entrant, doesn't it? <laughs> Speaking of yeah. which, David, do you want me to put a bet on a Eurovision for you? No, I don't watch it. How dare you? We can't be friends. My friends watch Eurovision. We're not, so I don't... Spo- we're not even supposed to be in it anymore. What do you mean we're not supposed to be in it? We pay for we're... it. <laughs> we're not even in Europe. So? We pay for it. Neither is freaking Israel. Or Australia. <laughs> Australia's in it as well. Russia's not in who, it this year. Who... I know this is super off topic. Who's the entry for us this year? Some long-haired man. I don't even think we're going to... Do you know what? It says in the bookies that we've got like a 10 to 1 chance to to be in the top five. And I'm like, no, we haven't. Being so- They say that every year. No, no. <laughs> they really think that he's really good this year. But I don't personally think he's that good. I, he's like a... tick. Yeah, go on, say it. He's a fucking TikTok person. Probably. Uh, yeah, he is. And it's like... I I don't follow TikTok, as you know. And I feel terribly old. But I don't think we're going to win. It's funny because, like, the Eurovisions have been fucking us for, like, the last ten years. Oh, no, it's been longer than that, Seyford. Well, but I mean more for the the Brexit stuff. They've definitely been fucking us because of that. So this year's entrant is Sam Ryder, Spaceman. Um, 
it's awful it's kind of like a very screechy rendition of some sort of depressive song and i personally don't rate it very much i don't think it is going to win us very much at all and i think that we will probably get less points than when we had uh engelbert humperdinck <laughs> support us i love last year we literally got zero points um you know what at the end of this episode i'm gonna put some rider on the end of it do it <laughs> <laughs> No, do you want to know? It's only on, it'll only be on Spotify. Though. Can I tell you who are so my favourites this year? So, sure. um, uh, so there's an entrant called "Give That Wolf a Banana." What the fuck is that? That is. Is that a band or is it a person? That is Norway, and they are basically dressed up as wolves. Um, my personal favorite, so that's my daughter's favorite. My personal favorite is Ranala Hajiti uh, singing Secret. And it's basically this woman who like is driving and then this long haired bearded man pulls her over and asks for a ride. And she has like this whole big like, vid- like daydream of like, like, D- dressing up in a big dress and uh, with him being all hunky and having her way with him and then him being locked in a dungeon and there's a lot of like Albanian mystique and there's oh and she has a curtain rail rod in her hair which is fun and uh yeah that's my favorite is it, like, is it to size or is it shrunk down it's to size Oh, it's the size. I don't know how she gets through doors with it. That's why she's dancing outside because she can't go back in the house, obviously. But um, yeah, that's that's my favourite to win. I I know it won't win, but I I really rate Albania, Albania I hope, even. Uh, the wolf of a banana or whatever. It Give is. that wolf a banana. Yeah. That seems stupid. Uh, it's Norway as well, which is surprising because Norway sometimes somewhat take it seriously. Um, there's another one called Eat Your Salad. Yeah. I swear Eurovision is just put your dumbest shit out there and see what happens. It's kind of, it's supposed to be like that because it's like, it's like Europe making fun of itself and not taking itself too seriously. That, that That's kind of like the whole reason why Russia's not invited this year. Not because it's a joke, although it kind of is. Don't, <laughs> don't kill me. I don't think Russia's <laughs> not invited because of a lot of things right now. So basically Russia isn't invited because they don't represent the unity of what Eurovision embodies. The whole reason Eurovision was formed was after World War Two to unite Europe after it had been bombed and destroyed, obviously. Uh, Nazism, fascism completely obliterated the European spirit. It had Germany feeling that it was superior and all these other countries feeling less than human. Um, you know, the the wars that have happened since, the, you know, such as Yugoslavia, etc. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's something that it does to keep Europe being as one. And a lot of people do find, seem to find it different, difficult to differentiate between um who lives where and stuff because there is like a unity and i suppose the uk doesn't really fit into that european mold and we have felt that we're different Uh, me personally i do feel like i am european but then again that's because i have like norwegian roots whatever but like you know europe in itself has a great amount of unity and russia really doesn't stand for that you know um, they're not representative of what that competition was. So yeah, it is taking the piss. It's not to take itself seriously. It's just a bit of fun, and I, I love it personally. It's like it's one of the few things that we have that's not been completely ruined by everything that's gone on in the world. And I think it's fantastic that they didn't want Russia to be involved. Um, Ukraine is an entrant this year. Apparently, they will be the favourites to win. Funnily enough, when uh, the when the fightings began. And the unrest began in Ukraine in 2015. They actually won that year. Um, it was the original folklore song that absolutely deserved to win. And that's another thing about Eurovision that a lot of there's a lot of controversial controversy about the fact that um, the songs aren't actually like they're not written in the native tongue. They're always in English. The ones that win. So they kind of love the fact that uh, Zitibuni from uh, last year, the Italian one, was literally an Italian song. 
and so forth. Uh, same one with the uh, Roma- the Ukraine in 2015. And this year, yeah. the Ukraine song is actually in Ukrainian as well. So hopefully it wins, fingers crossed. I think it will, though. You know, unity for Ukraine seems to be a general thing. Anyway, we spent pretty much the past hour not speaking about Pet Cemetery and just, you know, general. So what, what, what would you give the film? I would give it a three out of five i would give it i'm looking because i can't remember what i gave it but it's like a three and a half okay that's pretty good that's solid yeah i give it about a three and a half anyway next week we're gonna so be before, before, before we go, <laughs> go on there is a review on apple tell us so someone put so glad i found the pod funny unique insightful all around great content Infectious energy and solid variety. Well, uh, very well done. Add it to your playlist. Is that so, about us? Apparently so. Did you write that, Seaford? No, it's one called Movie Fan 1989. It was on the uh, 14th of the 4th. Fuck yeah, that guy follows me. That's cool. Awesome. So, yeah. All right, well, next week I want to talk about ARGs, Seyford. So we're going to be talking about ARGs. Um, I Yeah, I'll do I'll do some research. I want to hear your ARGs. Them. Please tell me your AJs. What What do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Because we have a couple each that we're going to bring forward. I think we'll probably do two or three of our own. If you want to bring forward yours, we'd really like to hear it. Um, yeah, so... Thank you for listening to us for an hour talking about absolutely nothing but Pet Cemetery. We promise we'll be back a bit more back on track next week, okay? Um, Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Bye. Bye.